And then half an hour later, I was in handcuffs, man, and, and we couldn't even call anybody. It was it was bad. It was it went from all bright and sunshine to oh man, that 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 day went went sour real quick. Hello and welcome, adventurers. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be journeying with Richie and Abigail on the road less traveled. They're part of Meets Around the World. Richie and his family are living the dream that many of us might have pondered. They bought a truck camper and decided to explore the world with a young child in tow. So they've turned their love of travel and food into an extraordinary lifestyle. And today, they're here to share their stories, experiences, and practical advice with us. So buckle up as we delve into their thrilling journey. Welcome, Richie and Abigail. How are you today? Great. Hi, Thanks Davey. for having us here. Hi, David. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Well, it's been a while since you and I actually saw each other, but to our Listeners out there, can you start by telling us a little uh, about your family and what inspired you really to buy a camper and travel around the world? All right. You want me to take yep. this? Okay. <laughs> it was Richie's idea. To it begin was with. my crazy idea, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've always had a, a bit of a sense of adventure and uh, ever since Boy Scout, if you will. <laughs> but, you know, once I saw The Long Way Around with Ewan McGregor and Jolly Borman and The Long Way Down, and and I was, like, inspired. Like, I wanted to travel around the world with lots of adventure. And, yeah, and we started camping around Europe, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago with a trailer. <clears throat> and we loved it so much, and it was a natural progression, I guess, for me. And uh, yeah, the only thing that was left to do was quit our jobs and up and go. <laughs> or maybe convince Abigail a little bit here and there. <laughs> we, were on a, we were on a plane back from Hawaii because I'm a teacher and I would have three weeks vacation and Richie would have six weeks vacation around Christmas. So we would always go somewhere exciting. And on the way back, he says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to go back to yeah. work let's let's do overlanding let's just quit our jobs and i'm like and he just didn't stop for about three months solid going on and on and on because when he has an idea he becomes obsessed so and then i just said to him well uh, i have a dream too i would like to try for a baby can we not do both so <laughs> well i was very fast to agree to that <laughs> yes <laughs> well well, for our, our listeners out there, some of them listening, some of them watching us, where are you both from? I'm from England, and Richie's from Switzerland, and we met in New Zealand. <laughs> got married in London. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an international couple as it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> where have you all been traveling so far? Well, on this trip, we started out in the U.S., in Phoenix, Arizona. That's where we bought the vehicle, like a year and a half before we started the trip. My best friend lives in Phoenix, so <laughs> we stored the camper there, went at Christmas for a little vacation and kitted it out, and then went back home to Switzerland, where we lived. 
and quit our job, sold everything, moved out into our trailer for the last three months and and came back. Oh, and with Zoe in tow, of course, she was six months old at the time. And then we, we started, like, it's now four years ago, mm-hmm. October 19. We're now in Chile, San Pedro de Atacama Desert, and it has taken us nearly four years to get here. Yeah. <laughs> Most people do that in a year. <laughs> this is our 13th country yep. on this trip. <laughs> So we're pretty slow. Hey, we love slow travel. I mean, we're a little faster than you oh, guys have been. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yes, it yeah. took us a year and a half to get there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But did you do a lot of camping before this switch to this lifestyle in Switzerland? Is that a big thing, camping? Yes, not wild camping. We had a what we call in England a caravan. I think you guys call it a trailer. And yep. we bought it sort of about as Richie said 10 years prior to our trip and we used to just go to campgrounds in Switzerland it's very beautiful but I don't think I don't don't know how wild camping is out there no we did a bit of uh I mean we we, sometimes we would even pull our trailer to a campsite nearby and went went to work from there there. you know it it felt like vacation so (laughs) we just we just loved the idea of living outdoors basically we fell in love with that lifestyle and um well i remember it started with us being a little fed up with uh eating out in in our vacation so we wanted to cook our own meals like grilled foremost grill our own steaks you know because we're we're meat lovers, and uh, I would always, in a, in a foreign country, would always go to the meat aisle in the supermarket and check out their meats, and, and I was super bummed not to be able to buy the steaks and put them on the grill, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, that was kind of you know, yes. the idea behind it, and we started camping, but we did we did pull our trailer to Scotland, to England, to Spain, southern Spain, to... From Switzerland. From too. Switzerland, mm-hmm. to Austria, Germany, France, Holland. Uh, oh, yeah, we did, we did a few great trips. In those 10 years and we loved it and as i said this is a natural progression and mm-hmm. now with four-wheel drive uh, and go anywhere uh, <laughs> beautiful yes and you mentioned uh was it the long way around or the long way up that inspired you it was the long way around that was the first film right. or season they made yeah that was like 20 years ago i yeah. think yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but- my favorite was the long way up inspired us for this this trip, except we're going backwards the on the way they did it. <laughs> that was the latest. It, yeah, it came out yeah. on Apple TV when we were already on the road in the States, and I watched it. That was with the electric bikes, right? Yeah, totally different. Yeah, totally yep. different thing with those yep. bikes. A <laughs> uh, lot of problems. Oh, but... yeah. Well, they had a good support team. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they did. <laughs> so, Richie, uh, how did you go about preparing for for this change? Hitting out the vehicle, doing all that, making sure that it was the it was what you wanted and it was going to sustain the way you wanted to live. All right. Well, that was I. I have very fond memories at that time. You know, like three years prior to the whole expedition and looking uh, on the internet, reading through all the blogs and and and, and uh, expedition portal and looking at the classifieds and you know, I mean, it was like my obsession, as Abigail calls it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I knew I wanted four by four. I wanted to go anywhere, and you know. I was 
I was watching the, the expedition portal classifieds and, and one day there was my Dodge Ram that I've always wanted anyway, a diesel, Cummins diesel, and with the camper on the back, all aluminum, and yeah, so... And it was in Phoenix. It was a, as if, you know, it was like, okay. All the stars aligned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I called called up my buddy Roland and, said, and asked him to go and check it out. And he, he gave me the go-ahead, and we wired the money on scene. And <laughs> what he's not telling you is that this was 18 months before we were starting our trip. <laughs> and oh, yeah. I thought, you're mad. You're crazy. Oh, How yeah. can we possibly do this? But, you know, it's blind faith. Um, oh, yeah. You got to. We just did it. Yeah, we did it. The yep. very first time we saw it, I was pregnant with Zoe. And I was kind of like going through the nesting period and getting it ready because that was going to be our new home. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was exciting. Very exciting. We had a long list of things, you know, we wanted that... to change and, and, and upgrade and, and all. And, yeah, so we did it. And. Uh, it was all about this trip from then on out. <laughs> That's so cool. Abigail, you mentioned nesting upgrades. Yes. <laughs> what did you end up doing that, that you think that was influ influenced by you being pregnant at the time? <laughs> well, yeah, I remember very clearly it was Christmas Day. I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I just went in with a bucket of soapy water because it was the previous owner had left it in <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> he had a own dogs and there was dog hair everywhere and I was like I cannot live here I have to clean this up and we started making plans to change our interior and yeah uh -huh. so I mean that was a vivid memory for me and then obviously we went back to Switzerland for the next sort of 10 months to have Zoe and you know my baby shower list was like a foldable bathtub and <laughs> a clip-on high chair you know just that sort of thing <laughs> yes yes the the, the must-haves i get it yes so then what is a typical day on the road like especially with the slow travel all right well typical days getting up not too early i did that for too many years, <laughs> I never liked it. So I get up at eight or nine, depending on. Maybe ten. <laughs> no, it's between eight and nine. Let's see. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> and then we have our two coffees and get breakfast, and yeah, the mornings are usually very slow. And we enjoy the mornings. I might do a bit of work. I'm a photographer, so I always have a bunch of uh, photos to edit. And Abigail plays with Zoe, and around midday, if we have a driving day, if we don't stay the day. We drive off to our next destination, maybe at one o'clock or so, and yeah. I think the reason why we started to do 12 o'clock sort of departure time was because um, Zoe has never really enjoyed driving. <laughs> Ever since she was a newborn, she's hated uh. wrapped in the car seat. <laughs> so we would always sort of time <clears throat> our drives in the early days with her naps. She would be asleep, yeah. say two hours, and then and then the entertainment would begin. So we've kind of, that's just sort of directed our daily rhythm to this day, right? Yeah, and it worked mm. out well with my photography because then we would drive and the light becomes nice and soft after four. And I would take pictures from four till six or seven. We oftentimes we arrive at dark and, and set up camp on driving days. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my, my workflow with, with the photography too. Uh, and I like that because if you drive off at <clears throat> 10, 10, more, 10 in the morning, 
you hit the hard slide around midday and yeah that, that doesn't make the good photos <laughs> no. i know even we stop every once in a while because the scenery is just outstanding yeah but as a photographer do you have any of those moments where you just stop you and you stop everything stop the car and just take photos <laughs> Oh, I stop. <laughs> I stop all the time. I like, <clears throat> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh yeah, we stop a lot and take my grab my camera and take pictures and we drive off again and stop again and yeah. And every time he stops, so he goes, "Can I get out of my chair?" <laughs> like no. <laughs> He's now we know why it's taken four years to get to Bolivia. There you exactly. Go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Okay. So then how about initial challenges along this journey? Have you had any hiccups? Oh, we had a few hiccups. I mean I mean there was the pandemic, like three mm -hmm. months after That's we awesome. set off, mm -hmm. which was a huge hiccup, of course. We we initially wanted to go to Canada and Alaska too, but that was kinda uh, out of the picture by then, so we had to change that plan and notice that, you know, plans never really <laughs> work out. So we're just go with the flow. Anyway, it worked out well. We stayed about a year and almost a half in the States. We extended the visa officially for the States because initially they gave us a year. <clears throat> and then we went to Phoenix to my buddy Roland and, and extended on a on a official office, you know, and, and it was pending. And then we went to Mexico eventually, like a year and year and five months later and on the border the u.s border patrol put us in jail for two days because they they thought we we overstayed <laughs> and almost deported us and took away our truck and it was like it was that was that the biggest was, hiccup that was the biggest hiccup <laughs> of our lives i guess that was not fun but we made it out there and we're still on the road so all is well <laughs> yes so, yeah Talk about a hiccup. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else was my no, that's one of my that's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. That's one of my biggest fears is having a border issue that oh, yeah. turns into like jail time or, or whatever the situation is. I'm sure some some listeners right now are like, I want to hear that mm -hmm. story. Yeah. Do you do you feel comfortable talking about that story a bit? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well the issue was, you know, I mean, it was not all, <laughs> okay, it was Southern California, Mexicali, well, Calexico. So we went over the border and went straight to the Mexican side uh, because you don't really have, that's not like all the other borders uh, in the U.S. You just drive over the out of the country and then you go to the Mexican side and uh, get your visa there. Anyway, we did that and then the Mexicans uh, didn't want to give us a tip, a temporary import for the truck because they said, well, we have a three and a half ton limit here for, for, for vehicles because we're not an RV. We're a pickup truck with a with a truck camper. So they, they didn't want to give us a tip. So they said to us, well, maybe if you take the other port of entry out of town, you might get a tip because that's where the trucks go. So they send us back. They turn us around and send us back into the U.S. And, you know, we didn't really think on the spot. Uh, it was COVID. It was our visa that was still pending and all. And they send us back and we, we 
kind of it dawned on us or yeah when we were queuing up on the other side again and Except to go years. back into the US and and then the border officers they just couldn't find the the visas the stamps and they saw how long and and, and they didn't believe our story whatever and then you know half an hour later I was in handcuffs man and and we couldn't even call anybody it was it was bad it was it went from all bright and sunshine to oh man that 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 day went went sour real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Wow. So the- and how long did it take to get it all resolved? And they're moving again. Fifty-two hours, seven minutes, and forty seconds. I wow. count them. You know, man, it was like <laughs> worst time of my life. Yeah. I mean, if we have some advice. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like just get things written down on paper because we had done everything officially to get our extension um, granted, but nothing was delivered to us in writing actually until we got into Mexico. Yeah. So just you get things in paper when it's yeah well, the USA. You because... know, it's it's like their system <laughs> is in shambles. Of yeah. course, I mean, why would they leave us in 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 limbo for so yeah. such a long time? And they, you know, they had to admit that eventually that, that it was still pending. And and you know, we got it granted like maybe a month after we got released in Mexico. They said, yeah, you're you're fine, <laughs> even though we only asked for like a half a half a six month more. And they they granted it like eight months yeah. later. So it's a shambles. <laughs> Just don't apply for an extension. In no, yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was really bad yeah. because we almost lost the camper and they mm-hmm. deported us. They said to us at one point, "Well, it's either we pay the ticket, the air tickets for you, or we uh, or you, and 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 you gotta fly wherever you want, but you gotta get out of this country." And and then I asked them, "Well, what's gonna happen to the vehicle?" And they said, "Well, you're not gonna see that again." So that was the option. I said, well, that's that's not what we're... No, no, no. And so, yeah, I kind of... We have a blog. So I eventually I said to the guy behind the counter, well, how about you look at our... Because they didn't believe our story, you know? They really thought we were illegal immigrants. So oh, yeah? I said to him, well, watch... Take a look at our website. We're travelers. We're, we're you know, and, and and that that guy wasn't the meanest of them all. The other guys were all very mean. They were not nice people. So he started to believe our story a little bit, and uh, yeah, from then on it went a little better. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we really had uh-huh. to put our foot down and tell them. Well, you so the blog saved back. you. Yeah, the yep. blog saved us a little. So, yeah. travelers out there, think about this. Document your travels. The travel <laughs> blog can save you in different ways than just than just financially. <laughs> yes. <sighs> exactly. Wow. That is that is crazy. I'm sure I'm sure there's so much more you could unpack there. You could probably write a whole book about that whole incident. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, it's been published on the Overland Journal. It's been printed, and that story. That's awesome. And you can find it on Expedition Portal as well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, that was that was probably the there biggest we go. So, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, anybody wanting to hear the whole story, read about the whole story, check out Expedition Journal and uh, the Overland. You said the Overland Journal or Overland, uh, what was it? Overland Journal and Expedition Portal. They're, they're the same family, the same. Portal. Well, one is printed oh, printed magazine yeah. and the other one's the online version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Very good. 
All right. Well, let's let's pivot to hopefully something a little bit more fun then. <laughs> of course. Um, you've got the young one in tow. <laughs> you've got the young one in tow. So how do we how do you school homeschool world school? I know you guys like to call it road schooling. It can be daunting. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, Zoe's now four and a half, so we're not giving her books or anything. <laughs> but I'm a primary school teacher, and I have expertise in the early years, so it comes natural to me, so I'm very lucky. But I started a, an account wow. on Instagram called Road School Around the World because I thought, whoa, she's learning so much by traveling on the road. So I'm just going to show the world, whoever's interested, how she learns that way. So it can be from like when you have your photo taken by the 70th sign, by those letters, you know, those like I think there's one of David, right, in Panama. <laughs> and, um, you know, yep. she's recognizing letters. You're saying, which letter are you going to stand by? Just things like that. Um, you, we're on the beach and we're doing maths with hermit crabs, you know, because she's trying to collect them all and make a house. But then three of them crawl away and it's like, okay, you had six, take away three. How many have you got left? It just comes naturally. And um, right now we're doing a big, huge thing on dinosaurs because we went to see the longest uh, track of footprints at the um, Parque Cretaceo in, um, in Bolivia, in Sucre. Yep. And it's transformed her world, hasn't it? She's just like... Oh, she's the biggest dino uh, fan yeah. in the world now. I, and I never imagined a girly girl who's in, <laughs> into princesses <laughs> could be... could know what a pteranodon is and uh, how long a t-rex is and, and so we've been doing lots of math activities actually getting the measuring tape out and the we call it gaffer tape what's it called in american english <laughs> you know just big tape and measuring how long a t-rex is oh. and we're, we're making rock sculptures of a t-rex's head and i'm getting her to use little tiny rocks to for teeth and i'm saying well a t-rex has 60 teeth let's count 60 teeth on there you know it's just it, it's fun i'm really enjoying it <laughs> that's awesome yes kids kids learn in so many different ways it's i i i'm i'm always in amaze in amazement about these world school these road school kids and how much that they know compared to just people who are in a normal lifestyle that are mm -hmm. learning the standard curriculum they mm -hmm. they know a lot but they don't know a lot about all, all these other subjects such as all i mean seeing those cracks right up front in person is, um, must be amazing yeah yeah no footprints so, I bet Richie I bet you've got a ton of photographs <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> no I, I I believe that kids learn learn so much more from the real world and you know traveling and I've met that I, I've, I've seen that firsthand with friends kids you know after two years of traveling with the sailboat they came back to Switzerland and you know re-entered the, the school they were way ahead they were really like they spoke two languages and fluently, and it was like transformative. Uh, it was really eye-opening, really. Yeah, these kids that Richie's talking about so, in Switzerland, you have to take an entry exam if you've been away, and they were way higher. Oh weren't yeah, they? their oh, results yeah. were way higher. And no, and it's it's. Uh, I mean, it makes sense, proof. right? <laughs> Living proof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, makes sense. So you're living on a sailboat like they were. You, you you learn a lot. You 
have to grow up a lot too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So. Yep. Very, very cool. Well, an- another question that comes up often with uh, people that I traveling is uh, finances. So, how do you fund this lifestyle? Okay, well, we have saved up and we're still living off our savings, which will come to an end in about maybe a year or so. Uh, We are looking to make some money on the road. It's not that easy for us. I don't know. We've not had jobs before, like digital nomad jobs, you know, creating websites and uh, whatnot. I was a photographer on the side. I had my own studio, but you still, you know, if you have a studio and make portrait photography, you can't do that on the road so easily. You got to sell your landscapes and that's not easy either. So yeah, we're, we're struggling a little bit with that, but uh, you know, if it's five years in total and then we have to find another way of another lifestyle, that's cool too. And if we make it work and keep on traveling, that's cool. And we could see, I mean, we have some ideas and maybe that might not keep us on the road uh, for a while, but maybe we uh, find a job in, in, in a different city in South America. Abigail was a teacher in international schools in New Zealand, in London, in, in Switzerland. So she might she might get a job in Buenos Aires or somewhere else and we might do a year or so there and then you know I don't think we're gonna go back to the same old uh, you know lifestyle we had before I I cannot imagine that (laughs) so we're we're seeing this trip as an investment aren't we exactly we have ideas like I would like to write a road school around the world book but you know full-time mom with Zoe (laughs) it's going very slow I just think yeah you know, at the end of our yeah. trip, we can put all this into yes. to reality and I guess maybe make some money from it. <laughs> I guess it isn't or wasn't until now so much about being able to work and make it sustainable on this trip. It was more about the trip itself and make this trip a trip yeah. of a yeah. lifetime. And me with my photography, I... I always take pictures and edit them. We have a small YouTube channel and we, we're always busy doing something, but it's about the trip. And if somebody invites us going fishing, we, we always say yes. Mm-hmm. And we always say, you know, we love a good party and uh, meet up with other people. So that always comes first. And <laughs> so that's... And the skills that you're, you, you're learning as an adult along the way are just... Oh, absolutely. We, yeah. we, we, learned, we learned a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, how many languages do you guys know now? Well, Richie knows a heck lot more than I do. I I'm on like two and a half. <laughs> well, I I speak okay. German. My, yeah, I speak German, English. I speak a little bit of French. That we had to learn that at skin school in Switzerland. I understand Italian, and now I speak. He speaks very good Spanish. Uh, yes. I speak a little bit of Spanish. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the Americans listening are like blown away because you know the ma- majority of Americans only speak English. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we learn another language in school, it's very difficult to retain it because we don't use it very often. Yeah, type it's, situation. It's a big country. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But the Brits, so. the Brits are like that too. They're, I say that they're lazy because, <laughs> you know, because you can get away with just using English all around the world. Yeah, you don't have to it's need. It's a universal language, yep. so why would you need to learn a language really? Exactly. In Switzerland, you drive for an hour and a half and they speak French or mm. Italian. So you got to pick it up quick where you, yeah, in Switzerland. For sure. Yeah, you have coworkers in your company that well, speak another language, so <laughs> you have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Well, what, what, what are some of your biggest tips, strategies, things like that that might help some of these families who are considering doing what you're doing, overlanding? Okay, well. Do it. <laughs> yeah, just do it. You know, that's that sounds simple, mm-hmm. but. You know, if by buying our vehicle unseen, you know, you just got to put faith in your in your dream, in your vision, not be crazy. But, you know, just just do do your first step, you know, maybe set a date or whatever. Live your dream eventually. And and, and don't care so much about your your retirement fund uh, and what what not the government tells you. You know, just just live your life here and there, right? And if if this is your dream, traveling like it is for us, then 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 go for it. And we can do this on our savings, you know. Like you, you find ways to be frugal. You go and wild camp. You camp where you don't have to pay any fees. Yeah. You have your solar panels, so you can pay for your electricity. You know, you go to the gas station when you gas up. You say, "Can I have water for my tank, please?" And you know, you just sure it doesn't have to be expensive. Well, it's not a cheap venture. If I mean, we drive a big truck, and it's not like cheap, cheap, but it's it's definitely cheaper than living at, at home. That's for sure. You don't pay rent or all yeah. these insurances and whatnot, and you don't fly out on vacation every year once for like, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Yeah, it, it is cheaper, but still, you need a bit of money. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, savings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's a good investment. Yeah. So, yeah, you take that savings. Take the savings, use it on, use it to invest in yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. I like what you're getting at there. I mean, when you have your re- retirement, you're going to be old and hopefully, hopefully yeah. your back still works, but I, I don't know exactly. about you. But I, that's, that's probably... I, have, I have mornings where I wake up too stiff. Yeah. No, that, that, that is probably also the, one of the, the best advice. I mean, don't wait until you're retired because I'm, I'm, I don't know, not probably not most people, but many people, you know, can't do it anymore when they're like 65 or 70 years old. And it's probably not going to be the same experience. It, it, it's, yeah, I think it, it, you'd rather do that a little earlier in your life if you can. Every, everybody's lives are different, but. Don't wait till your kids have gone to university. Because, you know, this is the time to actually not miss out on those milestones. Yes, I think that's even, that's one, that's the, probably the best time to do it yeah. even. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool to see your kids grow up and especially as a dad, it starts <laughs> phenomenal, as you well yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and we've not had to pay for childcare. Yes. No, yeah. I, I've no. not had to send Zoe to daycare to go to work to earn money. We just get to enjoy every minute with her and watch her grow oh, yeah. and not and, have to pay someone else yeah. to do that <laughs> and we bond yeah. yeah it's it's wonderful it's yes. wonderful yeah mm-hmm. absolutely perfect time yeah 
the family bonds in an overlanding vehicle have to be uh, pretty tight. I mean, you're in a close space for most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you do you ever feel like you have to have some alone time? I know you're sitting next to her right now, Tim. <laughs> no, of course, of course. Yeah. There you, sometimes there you go. Sometimes it happens, but but you know, it's like sometimes you meet up with other travelers, and then you, the boys go out for yep. a drink or. No, and, and, and the mums. It's, it's healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good, but it doesn't happen that much. And but it's okay. I'm I'm fine with it. And sometimes Abigail's playing with Zoe outside in, in the river, and I'm inside and doing my own stuff on the mm-hmm. computer. And yeah, but you know, I think our routine, as we mentioned earlier, helps. That we'll get up, we'll have breakfast, but then Zoe and I will tend to just leave the camper and we're just outdoors and we're doing our learning. And Richie's sat in editing his photos, doing the YouTube videos, and that helps. As Richie says, there are times when we meet other travelers and that's really lovely because then we can sort of (laughs) go off (laughs) and socialize with other people. Or locals, yeah. Yeah, or locals, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That, that's that's interesting because yeah meeting people from all around the world whether it's a local or another traveler from a, another land that's, i mean that's how we met each other in the first place exactly it makes for some makes them for interesting friendships from people on different cultural backgrounds yeah mm-hmm. it's wonderful so, and you keep I love in that. touch it's, it's even though you don't see each other for maybe a year or two but you keep in touch and it's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's it's beautiful we actually yeah. met up with a guy in Costa so, Rica who has half a home in Costa Rica and half a home in <laughs> in Lima, and so we were able to go visit him again. Oh, yeah, just, we have many of yeah, these stories, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Now, every country seems to have its own unique charm, and you said you've been to, what, 16 now? 13 in on this trip, mm-hmm. yeah. 13 on this, 13 on this trip. Yes. Can you tell me, like, what are your... Top, top five places that you've visited on this journey and why they make your top five. Okay. Well, Start um, with Antigua. Yeah. Guatemala. Guatemala. <laughs> yeah. Antigua, Guatemala was mm-hmm. one of our favorite cities. Yeah. Because um, <coughs> I'm guessing you've been to Antigua in Guatemala. Yeah. yeah. So you've got this lovely old colonial town with ruins from earthquakes. You've got four volcanoes that surround it where you can hike up one perfect climate sleep up there and watch its neighbor erupt every 15 minutes that's Akatenango. yeah <laughs> and then you you can melt marsh toast marshmallows on another volcano so yeah that is definitely we stayed in guatemala for five months because we loved it so much yep. we made friends oh there. yeah Zoe went to daycare in Antigua. Um, yeah, that just is definitely had, number one. We had a goodbye party with 35 people. The 35 locals? <laughs> and a whole hub. Wow. Kids, so, yeah. <laughs> kind of felt like home. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the rest wow. of Guatemala with Tikal, the Mayan yeah. ruins. It was a special um, country. Yeah, very good. Beautiful lakes. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Well, number two would be the Baja, Baja California. Okay, I've never been. Tell me about Baja. Why? Desert, sea life. Oh, yeah. Um, once Richie crashed his drone in the sea, in the Sea of Cortez, and <laughs> which was 
very unfortunate. Oh, yeah. But as I was trying to find it, two schools of dolphins were swimming under and over me, some pilot whales. It was just incredible. <laughs> like, that is wow. what you see. Yeah. Wow. Looking for a drone oh, yeah. and all this wildlife comes. Fishing is great. We touched gray whales, didn't we? We on did. On a boat tour. We did, <laughs> yeah. In a little nutshell out in the ocean mm. and these big, huge whales coming up to your boat. Oh. And performing their tricks. Yeah. No, it was, we spent three months on the Baja, mm -hmm. California. It was, it was great. It was really beautiful. And Richie really uh, likes deserts and yep. cacti and dry climate. Yep. And there's a lot of that on the north and yep. well, the whole of the peninsula. Yeah, really. we made friends in yeah. La Paz and it was, it was a absolute, one of my favorite. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's pretty unique yeah, in the world and not too many people go there. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of Americans and Canadians, but from Europe, it's, it's pretty unknown, really. That is interesting. Okay. So that's number two. What do we have for three? What do we have for three? Well, you know, I like the, the Wild West in the States, mm -hmm. of course. My favorite my favorite state is Idaho and then Arizona and yeah, so That's... I I love I love it there and Idaho is my hometown. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fishing I think you'll ever find is in Idaho. Oh yeah. Fishing, I, I yeah. bought my fly fishing mm -hmm. rod in Boise. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was huge into fly fishing. I didn't do fly fishing. I could never get into it. I'm a spinner guy, but yeah, the... <laughs> it's hard, right? <laughs> like my my buddy, my buddy in Idaho. He when we go fishing, he says, "Well, that's like shooting with blanks, man." <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulls out okay, a big that's bass. Okay, that's a good analogy. All right, whatever. yeah. <laughs> so he proved his point. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> number four what do we have for number four then i really liked nicaragua i liked um, <clears throat> we were only there for what, two weeks we yeah sandboarding on the cerro negro volcano we saw like and messiah the the uh, devil's cauldron or whatever it was <laughs> like you know, the lava. Know, yeah, the lava. Yeah. Granada was cool and just... The it was just so much different, yeah, you know, like diverse. In two weeks, you just see. So yeah, much. <laughs> and in some parts, like thrown back like fifty or more years, you know, mm -hmm. like ox and cart, cart, and you know, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Can we say Bolivia? Right. Bolivia. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. As a photographer, absolutely <laughs> Bolivia. Uh, Number with, five. Yeah. With the Salar de Uyuni and, uh, you know, the Lagunas, the, the Altiplano. It was, I mean, those landscapes, you unbelievable. The cable car system, the Teleferico in La Paz. La Paz amazing. And <laughs> yeah. then you've got the jungle in Trinidad where you're seeing alligators and crocodiles and caimans. And monkeys, yeah. And monkeys. And you're painting yourself with mud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's, I mean, we loved... Colombia too. I think our greatest adventure was in Colombia. We drove all the way to the Venezuelan border to the Orinoco River, and the Orinoco River was was. I mean, that's probably my number one favorite spot to go fishing, and it was it was a real adventure. It was a thousand miles of adventure on on like on the worst roads possible and over log bridges and communicating with with indigenous people that sold you like a bow and, bow and arrow and guided you the way to it was it was phenomenal mm -hmm. three weeks 
<laughs> that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. So then, what would you say then is the country that surprised you the most? Hmm. Probably Bolivia, right? No. Well, something you don't really hear of. I didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew about the Salada Uni, mm -hmm. and I have always wanted to go there, and it was like, yeah, a big dream coming through for me. Surprising. Uh, I think the food in, in Peru was, mm -hmm. to me, a, a surprise, a good, I mean, a very good surprise. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I, I ate, like, every every other day I had to eat ceviche. It was, mm -hmm. it's my favorite ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a meat kind of guy, but that, that ceviche is, is, is really good. <clears throat> yeah, and El Salvador, I guess, was a surprise. Everyone told us not to go there because it's dangerous. Yeah, and with its wonderful people. History. Wonderful. Yeah. They would stop in the middle of a, a, motorway. <laughs> of, of, of a big city and honk and wave and give get, invite you for dinner. It was wonderful. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So El Salvador was surprising for us as well. That it, people say don't go, but it was just amazing. People were great. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Well, on the flip side, have there been any, any difficult or challenging experiences other than crossing back into the U.S. border? <laughs> oh yeah, sure, of course. I mean, not every day is unicorns and rainbows <laughs> or <laughs> rain being stuck in the canyon right in peru yeah we had down. we had one breakdown and we're stuck for a, a week in the desert and <clears throat> low on everything but you know it's the beauty of hospitality. hospitality people would help us the mayor of the nearest town showed up and said i have trucks so i'll pull you out a few days later and he did and you know I probably struggled the most during the pandemic. It it just didn't really sit well with me. I then we were <clears throat> crossing into Mexico, got got detained, and we we when we got released, we didn't even say that. The next time we crossed the border into Mexico, we didn't even ask for a tip. We just wanted to go away from that border, so we drove all the way to to San Felipe on the Sea of Cortez on the Baja California without a tip, which is legal for an American vehicle. On the Baja, uh -huh. only on the Baja. But mm -hmm. we wanted it for for the mainland. You needed okay. so we so we didn't even know whether we can we can cross into mainland and get a tip in La Paz. So those three months were a little. You know, on I mean, we started looking for real estate and thought maybe we have to settle here now. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a, a, a strange time. But then we picked up once we were in mainland Mexico, it was all good. And then I had a bit of a hard time in Ecuador for, you know, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but it was raining a lot. I had high altitude sickness. I didn't like it in Quito. It was too high for me. Yeah. You know, but that, that's minor. That just wasn't my favorite country. But uh, we had wonderful experiences in jungle. But, but yeah. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I think you've just sort of said them all, really. I mean, like. Yeah, there's not much, really. Yeah. We enjoy every country. We had wonderful time and made friends everywhere. Yeah. But if, yeah, that's there, about there it. There are times when you're naturally. Low, oh, you have your low I guess days. I got a good one. Abigail gets homesick sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs> she had to go back after two years. Uh -huh. We were in Mexico, Mexico City, thereabouts. Um, <clears throat> and so Abigail and Zoe went home to England for two weeks. And I stayed behind. I don't suffer from home homesickness. <laughs> but 
But Abigail does every now and then, so... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's normal. <laughs> I think as a mother as yeah, well. Yeah, it's normal. It happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, th thankfully, we have planes and ways of moving around and traveling, so... Sure. Well, now, you've mentioned this several times about your blog. So, as it meets around the world, as the name suggests, you are quite the foodie, especially <laughs> when it comes to meat. Yeah, we love uh, food. <laughs> can you share some of your unique culinary experiences that you've had with your travels? Well, mostly in Ecuador. Sure. The one that <clears throat> surprised him. <laughs> well, guy. yeah. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> if you mean those, what was Mamones. it? They're like maggots. They're like big, huge, giant maggots from the oh, jungle. Yeah. <clears throat> they put them on a skewer and grilled them. I wouldn't call this meat, but it was surprisingly good. So we eat everything that comes our way uh -huh. and that local traditions are. And we always ask for the, for, you know, local cuisine. And in Colombia, we ate like, what was it in Antioquia? The, the, guts, the intestines, uh, the intestines uh, cow intestines and grilled and, uh, and we've tried blood sausages. and Guinea what? pig we've done. Oh, guinea pig we've done about twice. Um, Zoe loves it. Yeah, yeah, she loves that too. She's a meat eater too. She she loves it. A little bit. It was thin and hard to eat. You well, the thing is, cooked right. yeah. So mm. in Ecuador, in the Andes, we had it grilled, and that was good. That was really good. And they stuffed okay. it with chives. Yeah, and it was really delicious. And then in Peru, we had it again, but it was fried, and I didn't it like horrible. it so much fried <laughs> because it kind of had that rodent kind of. It wasn't not. It was not very nice. But but grilled is nice. It's got like a. It's like a little pig. You know. It's got a got a a crackling skin. It's that was good. So yeah, that was guinea pig. What we else tried did we have? Alpaca. Oh, oh yeah. yeah we, that, was, yeah. that was not very nice. I like well, alpaca. Oh, we we pulled over at the side of the road, four thousand meters above sea level, in the Andes Mountains in Peru, and there was these guys shearing pacas. The whole family and I took pictures, asked if I can take pictures, and we stuck around for maybe an hour or so, talked with them, and 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 then it was lunchtime, and they invited us for 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 lunch, and they gave us each plate, oh. and it was it was a, a mixture with rice and and and, vegetables. Uh, and vegetables and some uh, alpaca meat, but the alpaca meat was a bit I don't know stra Such, strange yeah. in a way I don't know what it was which part of the animal <laughs> I had it again uh, I had it again in Aguascaliente ah. where Machu Picchu is in a in a restaurant and that on a pizza and it was good that was good uh, good meat mm -hmm. so yeah alpaca oh we had frog legs in in Ecuador they were delicious oh yeah <laughs> they were delicious mm. how they compare had... to France did you have did you ever have them in France yeah I, I, I did I did them. yes of course mm. how do they compare well you know similar it's, it's like a chicken. It's like, like chicken. chicken wings, but but softer, like a suave, what, what, a tender, more tender. Yeah. And Zoe loved those too. Oh, they were really good. Yeah. So that in Guatemala, we had a possum. Yeah, we grilled an opossum with a local. Yeah, because that's what they do there sometimes, and that was just for me. I wouldn't do it again because there was not enough meat on the bone. It was just a bit Brilliant. too skinny. <laughs> but it was fun. We had a party. Uh. <laughs> yeah, what else did we eat? Strange stuff. Um... Richie uh, cooks meat in his engine bay. Oh yeah, all the time. You know, I wrap up uh, a big piece of pork uh, and I 
tie it to the engine. Then we drive 10 hours and then I pull it. It's uh, pull pork. Oh, yeah, it works. <laughs> Did that a few times. Or ribs. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, currently making beef jerky on our roof. <laughs> yeah, as we speak, making beef jerky on the rooftop. We're in the Atacama Desert, driest place on earth. So I, I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. I did it again. I did it before in Arizona. What else? Oh, in Guatemala, we actually we mm-hmm. grilled three whole hogs in those five months, and two of which we, I, my buddy and me, we went to a local butcher in a in a town in the jungle and asked for like live pigs, you know, and then we were scouting every farm in the region to get two little piglets <laughs> bought them alive and then we, we we you know we slaughtered them on the campsite and uh, and uh we and, fed a guatemala and we village. fed a whole guatemala <laughs> village like 50 well, 60 for a charity yeah yeah, yeah Mount, so mountaintop promises was the charity, and yeah. oh mm-hmm. that was that was a, a fun event mm-hmm. yeah yeah stuff like that <laughs> as you do <laughs> yeah as you do it sounds like you have a lot of fun adventures with locals while you travel. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Do you yeah. do you actively seek out those types of adventures with locals, or is it something you just find yourself stumbling upon because you're driving? Yeah, the latter. Yeah, it comes absolutely. Very naturally. It comes very natural. Yeah. We're all like, outgoing people here in this family. And, you know, sometimes you, you just see somebody roll down the window and greet and, then, you know. We're not, we're not very stealth like our camper Yeah, people out. approach us and, <laughs> no, it's. And uh, we have meat around the world plastered on our camper. So people are naturally very curious. For example, with the charity work, two girls, we met two girls in a supermarket. They'd seen our camper and then they started saying, oh, maybe you'd like to grill for our project. You know, for the malnourished families that we work with, we're like, okay. <laughs> well, you know, two months later, we went back there and they said, let's do it. And yeah, yeah so yeah, of course, mm-hmm. we love it. We love people. It's meat around the world is kind of a play with words, too. Mm-hmm. We love meat, but we also love to meet people. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And Richie will always have the grill on. So Oh, yeah. We share meat. Share meat with locals. He'll just say, hey, you oh, want yeah. to try this? And, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Mexicans say, sharing food makes it even better. I, I love that approach, too, because, you know, it is. It's, it's that family style, and yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got invited so many times, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And you mentioned family, like Zoe, just going back to traveling with a kid, you know, growing up on the road, being a baby, they are icebreakers. Like, oh, yeah. Especially in Mexico, families dote on young children. So they would just go up to her. They'd give her cookies and, you know, they just, and then you end up meeting new friends. You make new friends. And... Yeah. And now Zoe, she approaches every stranger she sees. She just runs off and just greets them. <laughs> that's what you want, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why it took us four years to get here. <laughs> All right, now I thought we'd have a fun little lightning round. Sure. So you can both answer individually. Okay. Let's see how that. All right, goes. fire away. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. All right. Cat or dog? None. <laughs> we don't. We don't really have any pets. So. None. <laughs> I, I might. Maybe a cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I eat my animals. All right. Animals beware. Stay away from the truck. Pool <laughs> or beach? Beach. Yeah, we All love right. water. Absolutely. We love the beach. Every every 
I don't know how every month or so we're we're hanging out in the in, in say the mountains and it was like we gotta go to the beach mm-hmm. and then after a week we're like, Oh, I'm I'm done with the humidity, with the heat, <laughs> with the mosquitoes. Let's go feel. to but it always draws us back. And now you're in the driest place on the <laughs> Oh <planet>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Trust me, I couldn't get enough water while yeah, I was on a common so desert. Oh, yeah. All right. Would you rather be able to understand and speak every language in the world or be able to teleport anywhere at any time? Oh, that's a tough one. I think for me it's the language one because I'm a bit of a control freak, a perfectionist. I want to be able to speak before I dare speak. <laughs> But probably mm-hmm. for you, ah. Rich is the opposite to me. So you well, probably but you know, say... it's a, that question. Of course, I love languages, so I'm probably in the same camp. I'd mm-hmm. love to speak every language. I believe it's about around four thousand these days. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love languages. So many languages. Yeah. All right, now imagine this: you you get off the plane at your next destination, and you arrive into the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> You're able to get to your your bags. What's the first thing you would grab and why? Probably my my old iPhone six because it's it's like my computer. It's everything. <laughs> like I do everything on it. So without that, uh-huh. I'm stuck. <laughs> All right, for me, it'd be my camera. Okay, it's okay. uh, a no brainer. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Now let's do a little travel trivia to finish things up for today. Okay. You guys you guys have a little bit of an advantage of this having two brains. <laughs> you could just do Richie if you like. <laughs> what Central American country is known as the land of lakes and volcanoes? Well I Most... uh, I thought El Salvador was the land of volcanoes. Yeah. Right? But they do they... But it probably will be Nicaragua, right? <laughs> Yep. Got it. Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's got the dramatic terrains, lakes, yeah. volcanoes, yeah. and beaches. Mm-hmm. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. All right. Can you name the ancient Mayan city lo- located in modern day Guatemala, which was one of the largest urban centers of the Mayan civilization? Tikal. Yes, Tikal. All right. What is the official language of Belize? English. English. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that we've been there. We've not been that makes Belize. it so much easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit expensive. It's got some nice beaches. I'm sure, but yeah, we found it a bit expensive at times. Yeah. All right. Uh, which Costa Rican term translates to pure life? Pura vida. Pura vida. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They say that every every it's pla- after every plastered sentence. everywhere there. It's like they say it seven times in a sentence. Yeah. They <laughs> stands for everything. <laughs> But I love that thing. Sure. I love that thing. Yep. All right. And last one. What is the name of the world's highest navigable lake located at the border of Peru and Bolivia? Lake Titicaca. Means gray puma. Yeah, it means gray puma. Gray puma. Very good. Do we get a bonus point for that? All right. Bonus point. There you go. Love it. Love it. So, yeah, you've been a lot of places so far. So on our way out, what is the last piece of advice you would give to families who are thinking of embarking on a similar journey overlanding across Americas? Okay. Buy a truck (laughs) and go. 
<laughs> Don't listen to the negative. Buy a truck and yeah. go. Yeah. Some people will say, what? You're traveling with a baby? Oh, yeah. We had to hear a lot of, you know, if we're crazy and whatnot. But as Richie always says, you have one there life. are kids all over the world. So and with the kids. What kid, have you got to yeah. hear? <laughs> there, there is always some many reasons why not to do it. But, you know, if you want to do something like that. Do it, plan it, and make it work. And Don't listen to the media. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know it's a lot safer than people think. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. I mean, even people here. We arrived uh, in every country. People go, "Where have you been?" And then you tell them, and they go, "You drove through Central America." And uh, yeah, of course, mm -hmm. uh, it was no problem. How was Mexico? It was. We we had a wonderful time in Mexico. Sure, it's. I mean, if you if you're on the wrong spot in the wrong time, even at home, ah, bad luck. But but actually, it's safer than you think. Yeah, there. I think overlanders can bust a lot of myth that people generally hear in the media, because yeah, it's not always. You're not going to get kidnapped. Uh, you haven't yet. No, uh, well, by the government, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you got the one time. Yeah, yeah, the one time there. But that's not what you would hear in the. That's not what you would hear in the media. No, so stop exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. But no, so yeah, that's great piece of advice. I mean, don't listen to all the hype out there. Go and do it. Buy yourself a truck and just get out on the road. Yeah, I love it. So, you can do smaller trips. Think, yeah. Small trips, yeah. Small trips are great too. Yeah, you don't have to be crazy like the like the three of no, us here. No. And, Drive the entire of Americas, wow. and then on to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that the next goal? Well, that's, a, that's well, my next my to, next dream. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I do know one person who's planning on doing that drive, going from the south of Africa mm -hmm. up. I think it would be cool, but I don't know the logistics of it. Yeah, it's gonna it's be a, harder. It's, yeah. it's harder. Yep, mm -hmm. but doable. Yep. People are doing it. <laughs> it's doable. It's definitely yep. doable. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, I appreciate both of you all being here again. Well, thank you so and, much uh, for having so, us. So thank you very much for giving us an inside look as to what it looks like on uh, life on the road from the ups to the downs, mm -hmm. back and forth, the the financial part of the traveling, homeschooling, road schooling, as you mm -hmm. call it. These types of experiences are very important for folks out there to hear mm -hmm. as, as they make their decision whether or not they're going to do it. Or some people who might be listening that are on the road right now, feeling down and wanting and wanting that piece of advice. You guys have been doing it for four years and are inspiration to people that are looking to do this type of thing. That it can be done and you can continue to do it. So to those listening out there, remember, the world is really, it's a book. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and those who do not travel only read one page of that book, <laughs> yeah. as, the, as the saying goes. That, yeah. That's true. So until next time, everybody, keep exploring, stay curious, tune into the next episode for conversations with other folks here on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So safe travels, everyone. Richie, Abby, have a very safe travel, and I'm sure we'll be talking Thank Absolutely. You. Thank to you. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks bye -bye. for having us. See bye -bye. you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, before you go, can you do us a huge favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and drop a comment on our YouTube channel. Your feedback helps us create more content that you love. Thank you for your support.